to, to get down on your knees and repent. And, um, in fact, the first line I've got there is, repent, the end is nigh. Uh, um, I'm sure, you know, like me, in the past, you've, all, you've, you've seen these people with these billboards with that message on or big placards, repent, the end is nigh. I remember when I was, I was little, I used to go to my dad, with my dad quite regularly to watch um, what was then Bradford Northern. And it was a Sunday afternoon. And there was always somebody on the outside with maybe that message or something similar on a big, big billboard. And, and actually, they, they, were the, they were the focus of, of fun and, and jokes. And people, you know, people used to be, to, be, to, be, to be laughing at them. Um, because the impression of the message wasn't a very good one. You know, I'm, I'm sure it, it wasn't intended like that. But it, it came across quite negative that you know that we were somehow under God's condemnation and judgment um, and that we needed to do something to to avoid the punishment of an angry God and things were going to come to an end soon well let me tell you this morning that the end is not nigh because God is a God of new beginnings God is a God who, who, if you're feeling that you're coming to the end, that you're coming to the end of your tether, you don't know which way to turn, you don't know the way forward, let me tell you, turn to God this morning because he can give you a new start, he can give you a new focus, he can give you a new direction in life, he can give you new, new joy, new purpose. It can, it can, the, the areas where in your life where you feel you're lacking, he can bring fulfilment fulfillment in. God is the God of new beginnings and new starts and the end isn't, isn't nigh at all but the best is yet to come. We've got a great future, a great future in God. Um, but I believe a key part to that is actually repentance. Repentance not because the end is nigh but repentance to move into all the good things that God has, God has got for us. Not because we're trying to somehow appease an angry God, but rather because we want to align our lives into, into, the, into the good things that a loving Heavenly Father has, has, got, has got for us. The word repentance is actually quite a poor word when you, when you actually look... Um, at the Bible, the, 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 the translation of the Greek word is a, is a poor translation. And the word repentance actually comes from, from the Latin, and not the Greek, from, from, from penance. From penance. And penance is an act that you do to show that you feel sorry for something that you, that you feel you've done wrong. And usually it's done for religious reasons. And, and, and some churches, maybe especially the Catholic Church, are, can be quite high on the, the idea of penance. And somehow, it, it, you've, you've got the idea of, of paying something back to make up for the mistakes that you, have, that you have made. Which we just can't do. It's just impossible to do that. And God neither wants that nor, nor expects that. And, and, 
you know, so it, it's a paying back somehow. But does it actually make up for the crime? Does it put things right? You know, the, this sort of random act of penance, what's the point of it? You know, you, 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 could, you could say, as a, penance doesn't have to be for religion. You could, you could do it for any reason. So, you know, as a penance, she said she would buy them all a box of chocolates. Well, why a box of chocolates? What's she done wrong? Does that make up for the, for, the, for, the, for the wrong that she's done? Probably not. Well, there's no link between the penance and what was done wrong. What we need to do when things are wrong is actually put things right. So if she's been mean and nasty and miserable to all her friends... She needs to stop being mean and nasty and miserable, not necessarily giving them a box of chocolate in some kind of payment for that, which means that then when she feels like it, she can be mean and nasty and miserable to them again. And that sort of idea is more in line with the biblical idea of, of penance. The the Greek word in the, in the New Testament is metanonia, which means a change of mind. Right. It's not a paying back for what you've done wrong. It's not a confession of how miserable and horrible you are and what a miserable, horrible sinner you are. It's a change of mind. It yeah. is putting back right what is wrong. You, you've done something, you change your mind, and you're going in a different direction. So, so the fictitious lady I've been talking about doesn't buy a box of chocolate, but she apologises for her behaviour and she, she rectifies the relationship. She puts things right. She changes her mind about how she's going to act towards her, towards her, her friend. If you're going on a journey, you're driving the car and you go the wrong way, you take the wrong road... You've got to change direction, haven't you, to get back on the right road. You've got to come, come to a point whereby you, you realise you're going wrong. You've got to change the way you're going so that you get back where you want to go. And the longer you leave it, the worse it gets. Um, you know, so, so, so you, you know... You, you, might have to, you might have to stop. You might have to consult your map. You might have to ask for somebody, somebody for help. Of course, if you're male, you, you never do that. <laughs> you, you just carry on stubbornly. I know the way. I'm going I'm I'm to find it out. No, pro, no problem at all. I, I, I've never done that at all. In, in, in. <laughs> uh, but in essence... It doesn't matter, the important bit isn't why you've got on the wrong road, it's that you're on the wrong road and you need to do something about it. it you, know, you, might have, you, you know, you might have not read the map properly. You might have asked for help and give, been given the wrong help. The sat-nav might not be working properly. Well, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's no good playing the, the blame game on it. That doesn't help you in your situation. It 
you need to change direction and you need to get on the right road. That's, the, that's going, to, going to solve your problem. It's no, it's no good. It's no good saying, you, you know. It's no good saying to, to your wife sat next to you and you're driving along. I'll buy you a nice bunch of flowers for this. That won't get you there. You need to change direction and start going in the in the right way. And this is at the heart of this word of repentance: to change your mind, to change the way that you're going, so that you stop going your own way, and you start going. The way that God shows you that God shows you to go. The, and so much in our minds thinking, we, we, we don't think like that. We still think of this penance idea of paying back for our sins of appeasing an angry God that we because it's been so ingrained in our society over a long uh, hundreds of years hundreds of years so the the way the, the way it's, it's developed is that you are what you end up doing is you are revisiting your sins. Instead of changing from the, from the way you're going into a new way, you're revisiting your sins and you're trying to pay for them. So it actually led, the, the, the penance led to the doctrine of indulgences. That you paid the church, that you were like purchasing favour from an angry God. So on your, often on your deathbed, you will be signing your money over to the church with the view of buying favour in the afterlife. That the, the punishment you receive from God might not be so bad or it might be done away with completely because you had given your money to the, to, to the church. Then you can see how this this arises you know religion is a it, you know it needs paying for doesn't it the churches need building the, the the you know religion needs paying for you need returning customers and this was a way this was a way of bringing bringing the money in the church could grow rich on this this sort of thing it was actually the very reason that Jesus condemned the religious leaders at the time. You know, it wasn't a new, this wasn't a new thing. It, it, it arose out of Christianity, but it was, it, was there, it was there before. You know, this is what happens when you get religion, rather than when you follow Jesus. This is what happens. That, you know, a religious system built on hierarchy, built, built um, you know, built on paying your dues, paying back to God, that's the very system that Jesus condemned. And that's the very system that actually that, that led to his crucifixion on a, on, a, on a practical way it was why the Jews so much wanted to wanted to. to to kill him. Jesus, Jesus challenged that. And he, 
And he, want, he, wanted to, he wanted that to be changed. Repentance is not trying to pay back for your sins. It's not trying to appease an angry God. It is changing your mind and looking at things from God's point of view. And following in God's way rather than in our own way. Um, if you could, could you turn to me with me to, to Luke 19, verse 10? And I just want to look at the conversion of Zacchaeus for a minute. Zacchaeus was a tax collector, and as such, he was a Jew who was hated by the Jews because he worked for the Romans and he was taking money off the Jews, collecting it for the Romans, but he was lying in his own pockets as well. He took more than he, he should have been. And in this story, Jesus asked to come to, Zacch to Zacchaeus' house, and Zacchaeus becomes a changed man. And in verse 8, it says that Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the heart... The half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it four, fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he is also a son of Abraham. Amen. Then Jesus didn't say, You've paid your penance. It almost seems like he's paying a penance, doesn't it? That, that, that he's, he's giving half his money... To the, to the poor, and he's paying back those he's, he's, he's robbed fourfold. But actually, he was changing his mind. He was repenting of the, the lifestyle that he had had before. He was changing his mind, and he was saying, from now on, I'm following a different lifestyle. Yeah. And when what he was doing, he was putting right the wrongs of before. I'm not going to cheat the, cheat the people anymore. I'm not going to rob people anymore, but rather, out of God's grace and God's goodness, I'm, I'm going I'm I'm to give. I'm going to put things right, and I'm going to give to the poor. My whole, his whole attitude, to his whole mindset about money, a change from greed to giving because of, because of what God had done in his life. And his repentance, his change of mind, brought about, brought about salvation. And that's what repentance does. When we change our mind about things, when we start going in God's, God's way, we reap the benefits of salvation. We reap the benefits of God's, of God's goodness in, in, in our lives. And so, so I just want to ex start to explore this a little bit, a little bit further, and see what it means. You know, when we start to view things in the way that God views things, because that's the most important. That's the most important thing. So, if you could turn to me with, to um, Isaiah fifty-five, please. I just want to read from verses 
8 to 11. It says, For my thoughts are your, not, not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain and snow come down from heaven, and do not return but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word go out from my mouth, it shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose, and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. God says that my thoughts are not your thoughts, and my ways are not your ways. We have our ways, we have our ideas, we have our particular way of thinking, but God says they're not my ways. We need to change our way of thinking and looking at things so that we align ourselves with God. Now this, this, this passage has been used so much to, to sort of say, you know, my ways are not your ways, my thoughts are not your thoughts, they're so much higher, oh, we can't understand God. You know, that, that, that's what the, all it's been used for. You know, God's so much higher than us, we can't possibly understand what he's doing, where, he, where he's going, what it's all, all, all about. It's a mystery. So things happen to us, and it's just a mystery from God that we've got to accept. But that's not what this passage is saying. It's, you know, he's saying, I've got... God is saying, I've got a different way of thinking about things than you have. And I want you to change your mindset and view things in the way that I see, I, I see them. Amen. You know, does it, does it not say in, in, in 1 Corinthians 2 and 16 that we have the mind of Christ? Yes. He's revealed thing, things to us. He doesn't want to keep us in the dark for us not to be knowing about things but things he wants to reveal his will and his purpose to us so that we know. God isn't saying, oh, I'm so much better than you and so much higher and you'll never understand. He says, he says Christ is in you and I've revealed to you the mind, of, the mind of Christ. You know my thoughts, you know my ways. Start following in them. He also says... That my th thoughts are higher than your, your thoughts. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. You know, he thinks so much higher of us than we often do of ourselves. He, th he thinks the best. He thinks we are the best. He th he's got the best in, in store for us. So often we put ourselves down. We put others down. But God thinks so much higher about you and me and everybody out there. He's got a great plan and a great purpose for their lives. He, create, he, he created each one of them in his own image. And he, he thinks of us so, he thinks of us so highly. So much higher than often we think of, we, we, we think of our, ourselves. Yeah. You know, repentance is changing your mind. It's looking at things as God sees them. Amen. 
So I think we, sometimes we need to repent about the low opinion that we have of ourselves. We need to repent about the way we put other people down. And we need to start thinking about, each, about ourselves and everybody else as a beautiful, wonderful creation of God that God has got a, a great will and a great purpose for. In Mark 11 and 22, it says, or it actually says, in most translations, it says, have faith in God. A better translation is that, is have the faith of God. Have the same faith that God has. You have that faith. You know, God believes in you. He has faith in you. He's in, he has so much faith in you that he's invested the life of his son in you. Hallelujah. He sent his son to die for you. He withhold nothing back because he believes in you. We need to start believing in ourselves. We need to start, start to believing in what God has done for us. That, that he's got a great will. He's got a great purpose for us. He, he knows exactly what he's doing. And we've got a fantastic future. That condemnation has been put aside. Condemnation has been put aside and we have a great future in God. You know, this morning, if you don't think anybody else believes in you, God believes in you. You know, and God's belief in you Give substance to your faith. Give substance to, to your faith. Let's, you know, let, there's a big difference between belief, you know, having faith in God, between our beliefs and philosophies about God and God's, and believing in God's persuasion about us. Yeah? And what and God, but God believes in you, and it's Jesus that God that God believes about you. When He sees you, He sees Jesus, because Jesus Jesus is in you and He's working He's, he's working in you. You know we 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 perhaps need to change our mindset, don't we? We, we, we perhaps need to change our mindset. It says in Colossians 3 and 2, it says, set your mind on things above. Set your mind on things above. And we need to start thinking that way. We need to start, start repent of our old way of thinking and think in the way that God think, thinks. So to set our minds on, on think, things above. And that doesn't, uh, and not, and it says, uh, not on earth, earthly or worldly, not on the earthly or the worldly. I don't think this means about things, but it's an attitude. Don't take on worldly thinking. You know, it, it doesn't. It doesn't mean. You know, I mentioned earlier. We were, you know, we went to the rugby. Is rugby a worldly thing that I shouldn't be thinking of? Am I always? 
supposed to be thinking about church and, and everything like that. I don't, I, you know, I don't know. It isn't things, it, but it's an attitude of thinking about yourself and, and, about, and, and about others. Let's set our, mind, our minds on the way God views us in all his love and his grace instead of the way the world can think about, about us in putting us down of one person trying to get, on, get, get over another, um, to, to get on better, better than another, uh, of all the, the backbiting. That, that's worldly thinking. That's worldly thinking. So I, I've, I've said a, a few things about, here about, about worldly thinking. You know, you... you, you there's, and there's various ways we can, you know, we can, we can think, I'm useless, I'll never amount to anything. God won't accept me. And from that sort of basis, we then can try and start to justify ourselves. That actually, you know, I'm, I'm all, I don't need to change. I'm all right as I am. Or I can make it on my own. In my own power and in my own strength, I will, I will go forward, I will, I, will, I will improve. I don't need anybody's help. I don't need God's help. I don't need anybody's help. Or, you know, I may have my faults and failings, but I'm, I'm doing the best I can. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm okay, and, and may, maybe the worst one at all, but well, at least I'm better than, than so-and-so, um, you know. That I, they do that and I don't do that. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm better than them. And, you know, we, we, you know, we, can, we can be so good at, at hiding and pretending, can't we? Of trying to hide our faults away and pretending and presenting this facade that we hope other people will accept that hides from them the things that we don't want them to know about us. Yeah, or are we so good at, at picking up on perceived weaknesses and faults in other people? Because actually, if we pick up on that, it makes us seem better than them. It, it pushes them down, so we're automatically we're automatically higher. God doesn't want that mindset, that, mind, that way of thinking. He wants us to repent from that. He wants to change our mind about it. And instead, he wants us to view us to view ourselves and view others as God sees us. That we're accepted in God. That we, we, we're a part of his wonderful creation. That we're loved by the Father. We, we're loved by without condition we're his children we're his children we we can't do we don't we can't do and we don't need to do any anything to make ourselves accepted we're already accepted we're forgiven through the work of, work of Jesus God is working in us he's changing us he's changing us from glory to glory um we fitted for we fitted for purpose. He's got he's got a will and a purpose and a direction and a plan for our lives that will bring fulfilment and joy. That he promises never to leave us or forsake us. You know we're not we're not 
independent beings that are struggling through and somehow may make it. But we're part of God's family. We're the church, we're the body of Christ, and we're working together to be made into something beautiful, something wonderful, something that gives glory to God and, and, and is going to be fit for heaven and for eternity. That's our destiny. That's the way God sees things, and that's what we need, we, we need to, 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 do as, to do as well. Roman, Romans 12 and verse 2. I'm just going to, going to read that to you. says don't be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by test that by testing you may discern what the will of God that what is good and acceptable and perfect we need a transformation in our thinking and that transformation will come from God who will renew our minds and we see, we see what God has got for us. And then it says the result of that is that we'll be, we will know God's will. We'll be able to test his will. We'll know it. And it says it's good and it's acceptable and it's perfect. Yes. You know, we, in God, we were, we're moving into perfection, we, we, his will is perfect for us. And we, we, that's the way we want to move. You know, the, the, it's tr the tremendous things that are open when we, when, we, when, we turn, when we turn to God and we start seeing things as he sees, he sees them. Amen. In John 8, 32... Jesus says, you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. There's, then there's something liberating about the truth anyway, any truth, in whatever it is. You know, so so if, you, if you have done something wrong, and you're trying to keep it a secret, actually, telling the truth about it, there's a liberation there. You know, it's tremendously binding to try and live a lie you, you you trip up at some point you can only keep it going for for some reason and you know you see it in the in, in the media you know politicians or famous people that they, they, they might get involved in some scandal um and it comes out but actually then it's all over and done with and those that will actually stand up and admit it and say, yes, I did do this, and I'm sorry, and, you know, after a while, they're, 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 they're often restored restore to that. So there's something liberating about the truth in itself. But Jesus wasn't just talking about any truth here. It was talking about the truth of God. And the truth of God brings liberation. So repentance, seeing things as God 
sees them, isn't all miserable and bringing you down and oh, woe is me and aren't I, aren't I horrible, etc., etc. But it's liberating. It's life-giving. It's, it's recognising the truth of God's goodness towards you and, and, and living in that. You, you're living in the grace of God and in the goodness of God. And it's, it's inviting that in. The truth, the truth of God's goodness, the truth of Jesus' death and resurrection on the cross, the truth of the forgiveness of sins through the, through the power, power of his shed blood, that will, that will, that will, set, you, that will set you free. And, and just finally, I'd like to finish on 2 Corinthians 7 and verse 10. Where it says that godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. Now again, I think we're talking about attitudes here. I don't necessarily think we're talking about Christian sorrow against non-Christian sorrow. But we're talking about the the attitude you know we as christians we can have godly sorrow or we can have world, worldly sorrow worldly sorrow is is a regret that you've been found out that's what it is it's a regret that you've been that you've been found out it's or it's an annoyance that you've slipped up again But it doesn't actually bring any change. It just brings regret. Godly sorrow means that you, you're turning to God. You're turning to God. You're dealing with it with God. It's sorted out by the power of, his, by, by the power of his, his blood. And that you, there is no regret. But there's joy in forgiveness and in moving on again with God. Because You've changed your mind. You've changed direction. You're going in the way that God, that God wants you to do. So, repent, repentance is so very, very important. But it isn't about being miserable it isn't saying what a miserable person I am and oh I've done this, I've done that, I've done that, I've let God down, I've let everybody else else down. That just leads to regret. Yeah. But it's a sorrow that that brings joy because we're changing our minds, we're turning to God, we're moving in a different direction, and we're and we're moving in God's direction. Amen.